Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart. Buck up. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hey, what up, though? This is Rashad Taylor. Mike Lynch is in somewhere doing Mike Lynch things. Minnesota. Minnesota. It was a surprise birthday party for his uh, mother-in-law. Oh, yeah. Is it? I mean, hopefully she's not listening. I mean, was it yesterday? I don't remember. It, it, she's definitely not listening. She's, he said that she wasn't listening last week. And if he's okay. not on the show then this she's week, definitely that or she has a bias against Mike Lynch. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That, that very well could be the case. Right. I am incredibly charming. You should have seen me at Mike Lynch's wedding. I was all over the place. People were taking pictures with me and stuff. It was, I was, I was a sight to behold. You should have seen it, Jesse. Wish I was there. Yeah. But no, so since Lynch is gone, I figured, you know, the older kids will get a chance to play a little bit. Got my guy, Jesse Osmond, right here behind the glass. Uh, I don't know if anybody else is dealing with this traffic out here. But, like, really, for this first week, I know they said bridges would be closed and stuff, and it, it'd be bad. I didn't see a whole lot of change, at least for me. You know, everything moved pretty smoothly. I usually take the 205 to work, so I've been being able to miss a lot of the traffic. But today was the worst, and there was no one on the road, and everything was all good until that damn I-5 bridge. <laughs> and so I had to go a couple scenic routes. I just made it here, like, seven minutes ago. So yeah, I was starting to wonder. Yeah, I know. I was I was starting to say, man, am I gonna have to call? But luckily, I got my fob today, so it was easy for me to for me to get in. I didn't have to call you out of the back cave to come over here and get me. But then, get here and get to uh, McAdam, and I'll be damned if there it's not blocked off. Ice up facility there. has it all blocked off. Ice right facility there, yep. is all blocked off, man. If you guys haven't been by that, it's actually something to see, especially during the week. Um, there are a lot of supportive people out there trying to, you know, I guess fight for change. I'm not sure how well it's working it's not yeah i mean keep fighting but yeah it's just it's just one of those things right now it's just kind of going super slow motion man but i'm hoping everybody is having a great weekend this is a beautiful weekend otherwise here in oregon man in portland 90 degrees each day word i'll take it right and there's still those those jerk offs that want to go ahead and and do stuff like uh complain about the rain come on man Come on, hey man, let that go. It's all good. We get rain here, what, nine and a half months a year? Somewhere around there? Is that, is that, I, that sound about it's accurate? Ex- it's exaggerated. It's I, 
uh, we get legit rain about five five months a year, and then <sighs> it doesn't feel like five months. I a know. Year. I'll, I'll I'll be honest. It rains. I'm gonna say seven months. I think that's I think that's, that's more accurate. That's what it feels like. I think yes. that's more more accurate. Let's say it rains from November until May, late May into June. That's about seven months. So I'll take these ninety degree days every single day. I got a chance to go to the river this week. Uh, I went the, I went yesterday. I was gonna do. I think the big Barton to Carver float was uh, yesterday. Do you float, Jesse? I haven't floated in a while. It used to be my thing, but. Um... Uh, as I grew up, life got real busy, and well, yeah, life is busy. But still, you got to make time to go out there and, and and do your thing. Got out there and first had a few few brews, and you know, got out there on the water. Life jackets, of course. You know, I think it's a, I think it's illegal now to go without a life jacket. Yeah, yeah but either way, went to the Sandy. N- nice little float. I think we just came a little bit early. We were maybe about 30, 40 minutes early because. You know, we were on the water by ourselves for a little bit and then looked back and here came the people and the rest of the party. So we were just a little bit early. But otherwise, man, it's always a hell of a time. I think I think I may be going back again today. Low key. Just saying. It's gonna get like ninety nine today, apparently. So. Then that's a then the water is a perfect place to be if it's going to be ninety nine degrees. Let us know what your, you know, favorite outdoor activities are, especially right now on a 90-something degree day on the Better You Today text line 55305. You can get at us on Twitter. I'm at TaylorMade503. He's at Jesse Osmond. It's spelled A-S-Z-M-A-N. Um, it's it's those one of those dog days. I'll, I'll be I'll be honest, man. There's there's not a whole lot going on in sports right now. Now, mind you, there is a, a really important World Cup game on. Is that right now? Is that World Cup game now? Yes, it is. Oh. It is live as we speak. And I will have to find that somewhere on the TV screen as we sit here in the studio. But It's halftime currently. France up 2-1 over Croatia. France is up 2-1. Who are you going for in this, this matchup? Um, I'm, I am openly out there where I am not only am I not watching the World Cup, I'm actively like protesting it. So. Oh, I, from I'm all pro- the FIFA most, stuff? Uh, yes, I'm protesting FIFA okay. more than anything. I yes. think you kind of mentioned that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think this is the game itself is is enough to make people at least forget momentarily. You know, we I mean, think about it. That's not a whole lot that we've heard, you know, during this whole process of the World Cup. We haven't really heard many mentions about, you know, the board and the scandals and some of those things. So I don't know. I think sometimes the game is enough to just make people forget. And then the World Cup is one of those one of those really uniting, you know, uh, events. It is. It's, it's, it's one thing when you're, when you're talking about throwing, you know, bribes under the table, whatever. I, all of these organizations have bribes or whatever the, the Olympic committees, the same thing. In fact, last year was the first time I never watched any Olympics. No. Yeah. Uh, Same, same thing. I, I stopped watching it because I think they're one of the most corrupt organizations on, on the planet. Same thing with FIFA. And, and it, they just mentioned yesterday, you know, the when they're planning on the dates for Qatar, uh, which is the next World Cup, which is the country who's been in the news about building stadiums with slave labor. That's then that's really interesting story. Right yeah, there. and you know, it's 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 crazy how sports will kind of just brush certain things under the rug just to 
make certain sure things that... I'm not willing to brush under the rug. And, no. and slave labor is just one of those things. Yeah, it's one of those things. People it, dying it raises a couple. Raises, should raise some eyebrows. Yes. But, you know, when money is involved, you know, but that's a whole different show. We can get, right? we can get into that all day and, and bore people. Uh, just got a text here from my guy, Top Rack Lack. Actually, Portland State. Uh, basketball Hall of Famer, newly named to the Portland State Basketball Hall of Fame, Anthony Lackey, uh, just texted him and said, yeah, this is the most boring time ever as a sports team. Now, I understand no disrespect to our baseball fans, no disrespect to the Mariners and the really great season that they've had, you know, this year. But still, you know, nobody wants to sit here and talk baseball except for Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris, you know, and – they do it really, really well. So you one you day a week. You don't or... want the, us two jackasses up here talking about baseball for the next little bit. What we will talk about, though, is some of those, I guess, other stories that are going on in sports. Man, there was a big fight last night that we'll get to, uh, and there was another big fight this week. Two pack, two Pac-Mans had a fight. We'll talk about who's better. Uh, the Blazers summer league. I just want to get some thoughts. We've seen enough of Anthony Simons at this point. We've seen Gary Trent Jr. I want to know what you think as Blazer fans. Are you happy? Are you excited? Are you just meh because you figured this is probably what you're going to get? Chauncey Billups said he wants to run an NBA team. Got me thinking, which former Blazer would you like to see making decisions for this squad? Uh, we're going to get some NFL news and notes. We don't talk football enough. I figure we probably should. We're about, what, 45 days out from the season, Jesse? From football? football. Like um, it, well, are we talking college NFL, both. Uh, let's yeah, let's. Well, I mean, what are you more excited? I'm I, I'm always more excited for the NFL. All the, yeah, I get it. You know, all the scandal, all the everything. But I mean, I'm the guy that watches the Pro Bowl, so I I'm excited for any football. Um, to be honest, I've I've been it's been kind of fun watching the little highlights that the NFL Network's been putting on of the the flag football games. I haven't seen any of the actual games, but yeah. the highlights have been entertaining to watch. Um. Probably, probably the NFL. I, this is the thing where we, my Broncos going through a transition under the quarterback. I'm curious to see if Case Keenum could be the sim, same or similar guy that he was last year. Same thing kind of going on in, in Oregon with Mario Cristobal taking over the team. How's it going to look with him as the head coach? We know last year we thought that that offense kind of went vanilla right i'm curious if people are actually rooting against um taggart i'm curious if there's a lot of duck fans that are pulling against willie taggart you know considering that he he did kind of bring the team back you know out of you know i guess uh what am i what's the word i'm looking for a temporary you know obscurity you know for a while the ducks weren't a very good team you know, he at least made them respectable for a year. I wonder if people are gonna boo I don't know, or, I, or have a an opinion about I, uh Willie Taggart. I just kind of think that it's gonna go uh it it's gonna go kind of that like uh eight win, seven win season for him. He's got talent there, but I don't think he's a good coach. I think I think what he proved here at Oregon is he's really good at recruiting. And I don't know what his X's and O's really are. This team last year didn't seem to have a an identity. No. So I'm excited to see what that identity is going to be with the Oregon Ducks. Can Justin Herbert stay healthy? A lot of cool storylines going on with Oregon this year. On the flip side, Oregon State, um, you know, what's going to happen with them? All the drama last year, a new head coach. 
um, interesting storylines here in the state of Oregon as far oh, as yeah. college football. Oh, yeah. There's a whole lot going on in the state of Oregon. Football season should be super, super dope. Coming up next, Blazers Summer League. I mean, I haven't been watching, but I've been paying attention to some of it. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that when we come back right here on Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9-16 Sunday morning right here on The Fan. Uh, we got a mess message here on the Better You Today text line that was loading. And it says, maybe it doesn't say anything. But it was in reference to the gray sky. Here it is. Uh, it's the gray skies more than the rain. I'll take 90 and sun every freaking day, just enough to rain to keep it green. I'm with you. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll take I'll take really a little bit of rain every single day if it does this afterwards. I wouldn't well, mind. And that's what I'm saying. You get the it's really more like five months of rain where in the fall, the winter and the spring, you're just you don't get much reprieve from it. It feels like seven, and so, but the other couple months are probably more gloomy, but they're not really super rainy. No, that's like September, you know, April, that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, another place that's not super rainy uh, would be Las Vegas, which is where the Portland Trail Blazers are right now. They are currently four zero in summer league, so let's clap it up for the Blazers and the job that they have done thus far in summer league. I should caution everyone. And uh, Jesse kind of, you know, alluded to it when we went to break is that, well, the Lakers won summer league last year. You know, we know as long as you have a couple good young guys, you should be in the mix. Um, the only thing is I'm personally not so sure about what I, what I've seen so far. I don't, I don't really know. Like Anthony Simons, the Blazers' 24th overall pick. Um, I'm not going to say he's played bad because he hasn't, but I don't think he's played great. And if you're a Blazers fan, you're kind of looking at that, you know, with with, with your mouth poked out because you kind of knew this is what it was going to be. You know, you had an athletic young guard who still could grow. You know, looking at Simons' arms, he looking, he's looked like he could grow some more in the next little bit. So it wouldn't shock me if he ended up being – Six five. That doesn't help the Blazers right now. You know, unfortunately, they need him to be six five today, and unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to be that. But he has come out and he's had some pretty good games. Uh, well, at least shooting the ball, uh, he's shown a confidence in his stroke. That's the one good thing I'll take away from it. He's not afraid to let it go with someone in his face. Uh, so he's been good in that regard. But that's about all I've seen from him. Caleb Swanigan. Kind of more of the same. You know, he's been a double-double guy, but, hell, he was a double-double guy last year in the summer league, and the Blazers did pretty well. My question is, out of all these guys right now, at least performing in the summer league for the Blazers, man, who is most likely to really contribute to this basketball team at, during, the, during the year? I I don't know. I mean, it, it looks like it could be uh, – was it is it Lehman? 
you know, Jake Lehman looks like he's the one that could be in the rotation a little more than than not. But outside of that, man, Simons looks like he's going to be on the bench for a while. Uh, his inability to really get to the rim like that. I've, I've seen like two summer league games. And one of them, he came in and he had a quick two, three-pointers. Like, oh, okay. But I think those were his only buckets for the rest of the game. Who on the squad, not named Zach Collins on the summer league squad, is actually going to contribute and help the Blazers win next year? What's really disappointing is you have Zach Collins and you have Caleb Swanigan on this roster again this year, and neither one of those names come to mind. Like, neither one. I think Caleb Swanigan is not playing as well as he did last year, so that that's kind of concerning considering you have a whole NBA season now under your belt that you're not able to dominate the league the way you were last year. Zach Collins, broken nose, sprained ankle, this guy continuing to have problems staying on the court, which honestly, all he did was show flashes last year. You need him on the court getting minutes so he can improve and help this team because he's supposed to be one of the pillars of the future, and I don't see that. The one guy that comes to mind is somebody who no one was talking about coming into this season or into this summer league season. That's Wade Baldwin. Absolutely. Wade Baldwin's been the most consistent and best player on this summer league team outside of maybe Jake Lehman, who has been very good as well. Um, it, once again, uh, a guard where you're all, all stacked up at, a bu- with a bunch of guards. So how do you fit a guy like Wade Baldwin onto this roster when you just went and got um, Gary Trent Jr. and Anthony Sim- Simons? Um, you you went and got Seth Curry. And, I, I mean, where do you fit this guy on the roster after he's shown that he deserves a spot? No, and I, I think that's that's the, the burning question right now is of all these guards, who of them are you going to keep? You know, I think we know that Gary Trent Jr., might play, but probably not. You know, Shabazz Napier just signed a two-year deal um, with someone, not the Trailblazers, which I don't think is going to anger any any Blazer fan at this point, at least especially considering how the season ended for Shabazz Napier at a point was a kind of a lightning rod for the team. But now he's playing for, can you look that up? Who's New Jersey, two-year deal. Oh, he's uh, in Brooklyn. So The Brooklyn uh, Nets are now like literally the – new Portland trailblazers of the East. They're signing up all of our all of our players. Yeah, that's you know, it's kinda weird. Hey man, they wanna be like us. Go ahead and, you know, take your chances. If you want to swim in mediocrity <laughs> like the rest of the team, then that's exactly what you do. But no, I, I agree with with you about Wade Baldwin. He's been really the guy that's shown that he's an NBA talent. Uh he came in a game, I believe it was against was it Houston that he played against and came in and gave him a quick twenty Something and everybody left everyone going. Who is, who is Wade Baldwin? Who yep. is he? And why hasn't he been playing a little bit more? And he's a little bit of a bigger guard, you know. At least for the rest of the Blazers, you know, when you got two six three guys, he's about you know about a six four six five guard. It looks like he can get to the rim. I, mean, I really like what I've seen with Wade Baldwin, but you know, this is also summer league. You know, you, everybody yeah. is supposed to look good. There are guys that play for PCC that are out there and they're making them make themselves look good. Cause they're playing against other guys from, you know, Clackamas. So uh, it, what, what's frustrating for me is all you've done is you strengthened an area, which is the strongest part of your roster. And you can't really do anything with these pieces behind 
Dame and behind CJ. And the playoffs, our problem was we couldn't get Dame and CJ help. We didn't have a three or four that can consistently hit the three, and that's where I wanted to see him really make moves. Specifically at the three, I want a three that can really hit threes. And I'm still looking for that in this roster. The only thing I can think of is you can take a guy like Gary Trent Jr. and go really small and use him at the small forward position. Well, it looks like that's what the Blazers are trying to do. It looks like they're just going to go as small as possible. And, I mean, I guess that could work. You know, you look at a team like uh, Golden State, who's, I guess, smaller, you know, but at the same time, Kevin Durant is seven feet tall. You know, uh, Clay is, what, 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, so he's he's a nice nice size. I mean, all those guys are, for the most part, they're, they're pretty long. And that's another thing that the Blazers do not have at this point is length. You know, outside of Zach Collins, of uh, nobody's really going to play Myers Leonard. You let go of Ed Davis. So you really don't have that length that most other teams, you know, have. And that really helps defensively. But that being said, the Blazers are 4-0 in the Summer League. Um, it looks like they're in the semifinal. Yeah. So... This is an opportunity for them to go out there and, you know, make themselves proud, at least get some type of hardware on the way home. I read today that, man, their per diem is like 1500 a day. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Like, my per diem when I went to L.A. was like, I want to say it was like $72, you know, a day, something like that. $1,500 a day for per diem while playing in the summer league. I believe every player gets that, man. That's so, Sign me up today to play in summer league. So considering what you already make, that you're taking in what, you know, an extra just six grand just to just to wake up and and go party in Vegas for a night. That's kind of tight. You can have a lot of fun on fifteen hundred bucks, man. A, 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 a day. Ton, you know, that's a, yeah, especially <laughs> especially in Vegas, fifteen hundred a day is man, Although, that's that's solid. If you go to the club, that's not Doing much other than getting you like a bottle, <laughs> bottle. Service. I don't even know. If, I don't even know an end of what. It depends on which Vegas club you go to. More than likely, you know, fifteen hundred is probably going to get you bottle service. No, you know, I, I a lot watched of places. when I was at the Hyde um, this last trip. I watched somebody drop eight C notes for a bottle of Grey Goose. I was like Grey Goose, the regular bottle eight, of Grey Goose. Uh, just, it was a, a half gallon of Grey Goose. That's no, it. Thank you. No, right. No, thank you. That's a half gallon of Grey Goose is, I believe, 65 at the store. So I, I, I was literally counting them as he's pulling them out, out of the wallet. He pulled out $800 for a half gallon of Grey Goose. Yeah, it's a hustle at the club, Ooh. man. That's that's how they make all their money. you know. And I, after living there for so long, you, you figure out, man, no, it's okay. I'll just go ahead and play the slots and get a beer. Oh, I, I get to the club for free. You know, it's fun. I like the music. It, last time was the least enjoyable time going to the club, but... Uh, we get in for free, and we do all of our drinking before and after. I have a hard time seeing you at the club, fam. Right? I don't know why, man. I just it, 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 <laughs> it, I feel like it'd be weird. I'd love to see you dancing in the club. If anybody has any footage of Jesse Osmond getting it in at any club or bar or strip club or whatever, I would love to see that. Please let me know. Okay. <laughs> Coming up next, man, uh, Chauncey Billups says he wants to make decisions for an NBA team. Man, which former Blazer would you like to see? Calling some shots for this Trailblazer team. We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, Jesse has Sports Center.
Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. I forgot all about this song. I used to love this record. Play this for a little longer. I'm surprised you're not singing to it. You know, I I just, you know, I don't want to have people. There'll be ladies lined up outside the window and stuff. Like, I don't, you know, those are things that I don't want to do today. You know, but if you want to hear me do karaoke. You don't want to take the ladies to the river? No, not to, not today. <laughs> not today. Today seems like more of a day with the homies and, you know, maybe maybe meet some ladies out there. That should be fun. That's always fun. Almost never happens, though, but it's, it's always fun to, uh, to prepare for that to happen. 9.33 on this beautiful Sunday morning. Um, Chauncey Billups says he wants to run an NBA front office. I think he would be great running in front office. Chauncey Billups is... Uh, a guy who averaged about 16 points for his NBA career, six assists, you know, NBA champion, was really a guy that kind of had to work his way into being uh, a really great player. You know, I think when we think of great players, uh, you have to be a guy that averaged over 20. You know, you have to be a guy that made the All-Star game 13 times out of your, you know, 15, 16-game career. You know, sometimes, man... It takes somebody a long time to work into into being great. You know, everybody's not Damian Lillard. Come straight out the gate and put up 20 and just never really look back. You know, there are some guys that kind of are game managers and very good at that. And I think Chauncey Phillips is one of the great ones. I think I have this theory that, man, guys that are really great at stuff have a hard time um, teaching how to do that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. – uh, if you ask LeBron how he does something, it's like, I don't know. I'm six foot eight, 260. I'm fast. I'm strong. You know, he I just went, do it. He went this way. I went that way. Like, I don't know. But then there are guys that have to really, really work hard because they weren't the most athletic or they weren't the most, uh, they weren't the fastest or anything like that. And they really had to study the game. I think Chauncey Billups is one of those guys. I think guys like that make uh, great front office dudes. You know, for whatever reason, I, th- I think those are the ones that really thrive. You look at history, how many great players can you name that became great coaches? I, I can think of one off top, two, maybe. Um, I'm thinking Larry Bird was a great coach when he was the, the coach of the uh, Indiana Pacers, went all the way to the finals. He's a great GM, too. He's, He's a, great a great GM, time. you know. So, But again, Larry Bird, one of those dudes, not the fastest not the strongest, but had to make sure he outworked everybody and figured out little parts of the game to make himself more effective. I think when you're going for a former player that's going to take a front office position, I think those should be some of the criteria. You know, what kind of player were you? Like, I think there's very – Kobe is probably the one guy that I could say would be a a good front office guy. I don't think he'd be a good coach. He'd be a terrible coach. But as far as front office, because he can – break down all these little if you've never seen detail it's the most boring thing ever in the world as far as basketball it's essentially watching film uh, like frame by frame to see what people do and what they're thinking and when they're doing stuff it's the most boring piece of of television or internet that i've may have ever seen you know it was a i'm not gonna say it's a waste of time for but for me if you're one of those guys that really likes no pun intended, but details, then this is what you this is what you want to watch. But because of that reason, I think he'd be a great front office guy, you know, but Kobe's personality 
no, you, you couldn't be a good coach. Magic Johnson was an awful coach, like an, an, a pretty, pretty terrible one. I think football might be the one sport where guys are like, okay, well, Ditka was a good coach, but Ditka was also a really good player. So outside of that, I'm, 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 I'm struggling to think of great coaches turned player, but I can think of a whole lot of guys that were just really good or just good and became great coaches because they had a different vantage point and we had to be able to watch things. Phil Jackson, very good coach. Um, what's uh, the coach of the era of Arizona State now? Um, I'm drawing a blank on that as well. Yeah, I Tony, uh, not Tony Dungy, please. The other one, <laughs> Tony Dungy. Not the other. Oh, no. Tony Dungy's cool, and everyone likes him. But I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm spacing right now with the, with his name. Either way, that guy. And, that guy. You know. So I mean, I, I'm, I think if Luke I'm Walton's looking at Blazers, what's that? I think Luke Walton's on his way. Again, Luke Walton. You know, a very good coach. Steve Kerr. You know, uh, 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 I don't want to call him a marginally good player. Steve Kerr, one of the one of the great shooters, you know, in history, one of the great clutch shooters in history. So he became a, a really good coach. But I'm thinking about guys. I think start talking about Blazers, and most people want to start throwing out, oh man, that Brandon Roy, he's just coach. Yeah, Brandon Roy is actually a very good coach, very good high school coach for uh, Garfield, I believe, was for number one Nathan Hale before he went there. But one of the guys I'd like to see if we could ever lure him away is I'd, Jim Paxson. Uh, guy that's got some, you know, some GM experience, president uh, experience, could bring a lot of that. Man, Kiki Vanderway was also a, a very good player, very good blazer, and also has been a pretty good, you know, front office guy, especially with his time with, uh, I think it was Denver. You know, I think he drafted, you know, Mello and had, you know, seven good years there. So, uh, we got a text here that says Brian Grant. Brian Grant would be an awesome choice to join the front office in in some way, shape, or form. I would love to see that. I figure anything at this point is an upgrade. I'll just let I'll, let's just go ahead and say that. I think anything that the Blazers want to bring in for any one of these guys in the front office, I think it's an upgrade. Just because considering what, what the climate is right now and where this Trailblazer squad is, nobody's really super confident that things are going to work out the right way. So why not inject some some flavor of, of some people that have been here and know what it's like to play in this market and maybe know how to sell this. You know, I look at Magic Johnson and L.A., and I think it really works for them because here's a guy that played for this franchise. I know what it means to be here. And so I can kind of sell LeBron on why you should be here. This is where you need to be. Maybe the Blazers should get a guy that's, you know, had success here in this city, been to some all-star games, some other things, and say, hey, this would be a good place for you to reside. The problem is, is, like, we don't have a lot of a long list of perennial all-stars, right? Like our, our list of return all-stars is kind of short. Most guys that made an all-star team did it like once or twice. Not many did it four or five times. Um, when you think about guys like a, a Terry Porter, for example, he, he has struggled in college as a coach. And so I mean, he's a guy that's not shown to be a very good coach. Um, and he's, you know, one of the great blazers of all time kind of translating into that great players, not making a, a great coach. And so it's, I, I mean, I don't know if coaching's the problem here in Portland. And I think, I think the problem is, oh, no. you know, it I don't is think it's the front office. And I think a guy like, uh, I, I think you're right. A guy like uh, a Chauncey Billups could very well um, excel in that role. He's, he is one of the guys that excelled because he had work ethic on both sides of the, of the ball um he had an a work ethic 
um, in the off season, in the gym, that he was he was what he was because he worked hard doing it, and that's what you have to be in order to be a GM. A great GM has to work hard, be a year round, um, be willing to wheel and deal, and he has to be willing to take major risks in order to get to where you want to be, and that is holding a championship trophy. And right now, I think what we're waiting for is we've seen a lot of wheeling and dealing, but we haven't seen a a major risk taken to try to put this team over the top. Yeah. And um, I think that's what we need, and we need somebody who's willing to do that, pull that trigger. The answer was Herm Edwards, Arizona State coach. I am so <laughs> sorry. I don't know why I'm sitting here like, oh, my gosh, what okay, is this man's I was name? Th- I was thinking uh, basketball, so I was like, I don't know who you're talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, Arizona State basketball. <laughs> who who knows? You know what I mean? I have no idea. I do, do you watch college basketball? Not really. I've, I watch college basketball during March. For the most part, March Madness. Maybe I'll catch you some and of everybody the, else. Yeah, maybe I'll catch some of the tournament. I'll make if if the Ducks or Beebs are good, then I'll definitely make sure I'll catch some of their games. You know, just to be able to see them play. But for the most part, um, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know. You, you could give me a test right now on college basketball coaches, and I think I would get a D minus right Dana, now. Dana Altman, Oregon. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Uh, uh, um. Shushevsky. <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky. Okay. What? <laughs> Coming up next, man, we don't really get a chance to talk about it too, too much. But, hey, Football Sunday is returning, so that means maybe we should start getting in the mood for some foosball. We're going to give some NFL news and notes when we come back right here. Sports Sunday on the fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.45 on the dot. We are great with time today. I'm making sure I get out on all the right spots today. I want to make sure everybody gets their, gets their ads in. You know, make sure we, we make good. No rushed segments. No, no rushed segments. You know, just having you and I to talk to, it's it. it it's, you know, makes it a little, things go. Uh, Arizona State coach Bobby Hurley, who I did not know that. There you go. So Sounds familiar. Yeah, I think I've heard of him. You know, he was, he was, he was pretty good. Bobby Hurley was dope. You know, I think he, he gets a, a, a bad rap as like a dirty player. I think if you go to Duke, you're going to be considered a dirty player. That's just kind of what it is. Like, you learn how to flop. You learn how to, you know, give some little extra fouls. You have like a little trip players. Yeah, it's crazy because you're like the the entitled school, but you learn how to like bully, you know, people anyway. So it's it's crazy, man. But they win, and so I think more people should take a page out of Duke's book and learn how to be the bad guys, learn how to be the heels. So, uh, yeah, good luck on that, man. I had no idea that Bobby Hurley was. The Sun Devils head coach. Actually, Sun Devils just offered Oregon's own uh, Marcus Sahonis a full-ride scholarship. So shout-out to the young fellow from Jefferson High School getting that big look from Arizona State. So who knows? Maybe the Sun Devils get themselves a hell of a wing player. You never really know. we got a lot of those here in the town. 
Uh, NFL-wise, man, there's a lot going on. Well, there's some stuff going on. I wouldn't say there's a lot. Uh, retirement to a pretty big name. Uh, DeMarco Murray calls it quits after seven seasons, 30 years old. He decided he, he was done, hung up his cleats. Uh, DeMarco Murray was a, was a good running back. You know, he had his flashes. He had his time where he was considered among the elite. But for the most part, I think, you know, when we look back at his career, we'll say he was a really, really good – he was a really good running back. I want to say really, really good. I think he had that great season in Dallas behind that incredible offensive line, and they were able to do um, a whole lot that year. With Romo was healthy. You know, you had, you had a healthy-ish uh, Des Bryant, you know, that was, I think that was the year they got all the way to the uh, – they got to the playoffs and the catch rule came into play, right? Uh, no, that was uh, – I don't I don't think that was that year. I think it was a couple of years. I remember Dallas being just unstoppable, and most of which was because of DeMarco Moore. But he was cut by the Tennessee Titans on the 8th of March. Um, he's been their lead back for the past couple of seasons. In fact, he was the AFC's leading rusher this year with a little over 1,200 yards. Um he he's been uh he's been a good player and i mean i don't really know if anybody's going to say any more than that i had a conversation with someone they said right now demarco murray was a top 10 running back and i disagreed with that but then i was trying to think of the other running backs and was like well well damn maybe um i honestly i think of him as a guy when he was when he was healthy when he was in his prime he is a guy that easily when he he in the league he was a top 10 running back i i can agree with that statement he is the quintessential example of um, a player at that position that's used up, spit out by the league. He's a guy that that year that he ran for, um, he led the league. In, 1,800 yards. The year he led the league, how many carries did he have? He had over 400 carries that year. He, th- that is detrimental to the career of any running back anytime you carry the ball over 360 times you're you're probably taking a season or two off of off of that person's career and definitely the following season the amount of carries that he had no no running back has ever had that many carries and come back and been the same player the next year it's just a fact of life at that sport taking those hits we all know you only have so many hits um he was used up he was spit out the average lifespan of a player in this league is quite short the average you know a, a running back's lucky if he gets six years and, well, and so you're looking at a guy that um understood his body understood the league and understood what he was able to do and what he wanted to be able to do as far as walking when he's older so he he decided to call it quits and it's too bad because he was really fun to watch well he's 30 and so that definitely leaves a door open for a, maybe a return at some point to some squad maybe he just didn't want to play for the titans anymore and you know, after he was cut, was in some feeling. I don't know. There's a lot of things that could happen. We've seen this happen before, and guys kind of retire briefly, a la Marshawn Lynch, and then come back and take a deal uh, with someone else. So I think he can definitely be a, a helpful piece to a championship roster. And then moving on, Le'Veon Bell, Jesse mentioned it in his update. He is close to signing his franchise tag. Uh, he will play under the franchise tag if uh, they don't come to a long-term agreement by, I believe it's uh, 3 p.m. tomorrow. I think the Steelers would be crazy for not signing him or re-signing him. Le'Veon Bell is 
Um, easily, to me, the best running back in the NFL. Uh, I understand when, when people would throw in guys like, you know, Leonard Fournette and, you know, some other ones, some some flashy names this year. I think Alvin Kamara has been a, a really, really a, a big name amongst people this year. But you talk about consistency, and Le'Veon Bell has been that every single year, including some years with suspensions and some other things. He is really the driving force of that Steelers offense. He really makes them go. Now, I think people, a lot of people argue – um, Antonio Brown, and I, it would be hard to really disagree with that. But I'm saying as far as someone that can really help you win, man, Le'Veon Bell, is, he's one of the best at catching, uh, catching the football out of the backfield. You can actually line him up as a receiver, and he's probably going to beat most corners and safeties and linebackers that you decide to put on him. So Le'Veon Bell is like a Swiss Army knife of really any offense, and I think the Steelers would be foolish for letting him go. Really, in their hits – their history, they've had, what, four or five good running backs? Like, great running backs. All-time, man, like, all-time great running backs. Man, Le'Veon could be number five for you. I, I think if there's a franchise in the NFL that can handle not re-signing a guy of the caliber of Le'Veon Bell, it would be a, a franchise like the Steelers. Uh, the, the few times they've been without him, he has had uh, injuries and suspensions in his career at Pittsburgh. Uh, they basically haven't missed a beat. He's the when they had D'Angelo Williams came in. D'Angelo Williams came in and was a top five back in the league during his time behind that offensive line. They're um, uniquely um, able to plug and play most players that way. And you look at the receivers, how Juju Smith-Schuster just came out, did his thing. Um, they they just keep plugging players into these positions and they keep doing their thing, which makes you wonder, is this a system thing? Is this a, or is this a player thing? Now, one thing I will say about bell is um, he has one of the most unique and patient running styles in the league. He's one of the most fun backs to run in the league. And he is whether behind that Steelers line or another line uh, top five back in this league unquestionably. And he's probably the best dual threat back in this league. Um, so obviously you want to get a deal done with this guy, but if this the Steelers are one of those organizations, I think that can look at the bigger picture and go, how is this going to help with our cap? How is this going to, you know, go against us signing players and addressing other weaknesses of the roster and and moving forward? And frankly, I would not be surprised if they didn't get a long deal done, just because they could just keep renting this guy until they're done. And that's one thing about the running back position. You get a guy like him on a four-year rookie deal, five-year rookie deal, and then you use a franchise tag on him two, three years, that guy's basically done, a la DeMarco Murray, right? Yeah. So you basically get this guy for – and if he gets hurt on your franchise tag, you're not on the line down the line. You're, you're, the, the, your cap's fine. So it's just one of those things – it's good for the running back. I mean, it's good for the player. You think about what um, Cousins has done the last couple of years before he got his guaranteed money in Minnesota. It works out for the player as long as that player stays healthy. If that player doesn't stay healthy, it works out for the franchise. It's, uh, But I, I could see them never getting a long deal done with, with uh, Le'Veon Bell. Well, I, uh, the thing is, I, I could too. I, I think it's a mistake, though. You know, I think Le'Veon isn't one of those guys you just want to give up because – there's no D'Angelo Williams. We were all surprised 
by the season that he had. Yes. You know, there was nobody that was like, oh, that's what he does. And that's, we knew D'Angelo Williams was going to come in there and do that. Like, no, you didn't. No one knew D'Angelo Williams was capable of coming in and having that type of season with, with the Steelers. And he surprised everyone. Like, with, there's no surprise with Le'Veon Bell. He came in, he missed 13 games one year and still, or excuse me, uh, played 13 games and still had eight touchdowns and close to 1,000 yards. Like, he's that type, he's that productive of a running back. And again, you mentioned arguably the best dual threat quarterback, or excuse me, uh, dual, dual threat running back in the NFL. Uh, Odell Beckham looks good, man. I don't know if you've seen him working out and doing drills and kind of moving around on the field, but it looks like that ankle is all the way healed, and the Giants look like they might be ready to do something. Over under, how many wins do the Giants get this year? Uh, do they get do the Giants get eight wins over under? I think eight eight wins is kind of that line of demarcation. I don't I don't think they get. I think they're an eight and eight team. About they've done some moves to get some W's, but I don't know if it's enough. It all depends on what that defense is going to do because that defense went from being great to really bad last year. So if that defense goes back to being great, then all of a sudden you're looking at a team that's probably a nine or ten win team. Without it being great, they're going to be lucky, I think, to reach that eight eight win mark. So. NFC stacked, man. NFC stacked. NFC is stacked, and currently I'm 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 with you. I don't know if the Giants are even an eight win team. Um, we'll see what the offense does. The offense has been stagnant, especially without Odell Beckham Jr. So you know where the ball is going to go. But Saquon Barkley, from everything we've heard, has looked looked great. You know, for for the Giants at least thus far in, in training camp and things. So you know. We'll we'll definitely see what happens for the for the New York Football Giants, but uh, I still th- I think Odell Beckham has a lot to prove this year. I, I think this I believe this being a contract year for him, uh, just being hurt, he needs to go out there and prove that he's worth every bit of money that he says he is. He stays healthy, he's going to have a big year. I don't think Sterling Shepard's the receiver everybody's making him out to be. Um, Ingram's going to be a really good tight end, uh, but I, I think it's going to be a you're, you're going to see. It, this offense going back to peppering um, Odell Beckham again. And I, um, they, they've made some great moves. They've invested in that offensive line. They went and got Nate Solder, made him the highest paid left tackle in the league. Um, it, so it, they got Saquon Barkley, arguably the best running back in there. Now at, at the position where it's the easiest to come in from college and translate to a great career immediately in the NFL. So, they made all the right moves on the offense. I, I still think it's it's a little bit too daunting. There are a lot of great defenses, specifically in the NFC. Um, I think Philly, you have to visit twice a or you have to see twice a year. It's a great defense. You know, you might have to go through a team like the Rams. That that defense is going to be filthy. Um, you know, Minnesota still has a great defense. So there's just really not only great offenses but great defenses throughout the NFC. It's going to be a tough road for them to hoe if they want to get up there and get into the playoffs this year. All right. Coming up next. Man, the Hall of Fame is being real petty, at least in my opinion, towards a dude they've just continued to kind of screw over over and over and over again. We'll talk about that when we come back right here on Sports Sunday on the Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 